Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and again, for about the fifth time this week, we are trying brand new type of media to make sure that we get all of your content for the 49ers out there, wherever the hell it is you listen. Now, for those of you that are not following me on Twitter or YouTube with these live videos, that's okay. Uh, I am making sure to still put out all audio content through traditional podcast platforms everywhere. So uh, that service is never going to be disrupted. I want to make sure that is still available for you. But uh, I do want to continue just making sure that we are keeping up with what is out there. And When people ask for something, I'm going to find a way to get you that content. Having said that, <laughs> it's been an interesting couple weeks here and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today football wise I am really really excited what we are going to be doing today is going back and breaking down everything with the 49ers victory for uh, the win over the Cincinnati Bengals just on the defensive side so if you're wanting to continue to talk offense and all those things, that's fine. Just understand that was the previous episode. So we went through snap counts, target shares, broken tackles, pressures allowed, how Jimmy G did. All those things are there. But uh, today I want to focus on defense. So we've got a lot of stuff that I want to get into. Uh, right off the bat, just a little bit of news. Here's the deal. We have had you know, two practices. They just released the final practice report for Thursday, which is today when I'm recording this, literally minutes ago. So Wednesday's practice, uh, Bosa was limited. Now, we do have a lot of good news out there on Bosa. The quote was, if my knee feels like 
it did after the Bengals game, this week after the Steelers, then I think I'm 100% healed. You know, he got 30 snaps, and we're going to continue to break down the defense as we go today. But there was a huge debate out there with Niners Twitter and everything else. Should we rest this guy? And just understand, like, here's the deal. As long as he is effective and, you know, nobody knows their body like the own person. And Bosa wanted to go. He looked great. He had no issues with it on Sunday. That's great news. So he got in limited practices on Wednesday and today, Thursday. Uh, Jimmy Ward as well, both limited practices. Now, we have had some guys out, uh, some a bigger surprise than others. Obviously, Joe Staley, he's going to be out for a while. Um, Trent Taylor and Jalen Hurd continue to be out, and Tevin Coleman as well. The two that we need to kind of monitor is Jaquiski Tart, who was out with a toe injury on Wednesday's practice, and D Ford with that knee that acted up. Now, Thursday, here's the good news. Tart was able to be limited on, on Thursday. So things are trending positive for him. And there's a little bit of optimism out there that there's a strong possibility D Ford will be going this week as well. So uh, we'll just have to monitor that. Friday, he's got to get in a limited. I doubt that they're going to send him out there without any practice whatsoever. But if you see a limited tag Friday, whenever they tweet out like all the stuff, um, practice reports and whatnot, who participated, that's the key one to look for. Is D Ford limited, or do they just say, hey, we're going to take this week plus our bye week next week and just see what happens, uh, just rest him, and, and let's make sure that he is going to be healthy. So uh, that's two things that we want to pay attention to and just keep watching. Um, now, let's jump into the game uh, with the Bengals. Now, yes, I understand we've talked about the Bengals' offense and the instant reaction, but we've got to get into the defense because – Man, there are some great <laughs> numbers out there. You've got to be happy to be a 49ers fan today. And what I want to do is just take a quick snapshot of the entire NFL and where the 49ers defense ranks as a whole. Okay, So uh, we're going to just go through all of our defensive ranks and what that looks like. Here's the deal. As of now, the 49ers have a top 10 defense in the NFL. I cannot think of the last time we have been able to say that. Um, you got to go all the way back to, you know, Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman being back there. That is the last time. But as of now, whether you're looking at the yards metric or the points allowed metric, we are tap top 10 in both. We've allowed the eight fewest amount of points and the ninth fewest amount of yards. And what's even better than that, get ready. The 49ers have forced the most turnovers in the entire NFL. <laughs> we are already about to surpass what we did in 2018. We're in first place. Yes, it's two games. I get it. Yes, we played Jameis Winston. I get it. Doesn't matter. Um, these games count. You, you know, we keep having that mantra here. Well, we'll just have to wait and see when it counts. We'll have to wait and see. Well, guess what? This counts. We are 2-0 and on the road, and another advanced metric that I saw out there today, I apologize, uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head who put that out there. I want to make sure that we give credit to whoever said it, but um, I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't have the tweet in front of me. 55% of teams in the NFL since the merger that have started 2-0 and on the road have gone on to the playoffs. Now, does that mean we're going to the playoffs? No, I don't. But that is huge because only three teams fit that bill so far. Um, so this is something to just make sure that we pay attention to. Now, um, again, 
Whether you are on Periscope or YouTube, I am seeing the chat fly by, and this is awesome. Make sure you tag me if you have a question because there's just so many going. It's really rough to see, um, to read all that as I go through this analysis. But if you tag me at John Chapman, I can make sure that I can get uh, to your question. The first question comes from Logan. Um, John, how long do you think it will take for Bosa to start connecting and completing the sacks he gets so close to? Man, uh, that is a great point, and we're going to jump into the exact metrics that took place uh, with the Cincinnati game. And Nick Bosa had a pretty poor graded performance. And the reason why is he had four pressures and zero quarterback hits. Uh, He got around the ankles like three times and the quarterback slipped out of his hands three times. We've seen the production there. Um, You know, it's not like somebody, man, I I don't know why I always do this. Solomon Thomas, for instance, he just runs straight past the quarterback like it's tag. Uh, You know, so many missed tackles, so many missed opportunities since college. Um, You know, he's not a finisher. You can't say that with Nick Bosa. He's much more fluid. His hips, he squares up longer. He doesn't miss tackles. So I really do believe he's not even fully healthy yet. But as as we said earlier to start this podcast, you know, if he gets that fixed and he is fully healthy, then the sky is the limit. Because as of right now, he is leading the NFL in pressures. He's leading the entire NFL. <laughs> He's playing limited snaps, and he is leading the NFL in pressures on the quarterback. But you are correct. Um, you know, we saw this a lot with Eric Armstead his first three years. That's great. You can get pressures. You need to capitalize on those. And so if we can get that to that point, then who knows? Um, Right here. Oh, man. Greetings from Vienna. And I also want to give a shout-out to Dell over in the U.K. who sent over a message. Really appreciate it. The 49ers Rush Podcast. We are international, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Who would have guessed such a thing? But uh, that's what it is. Now, continuing with our defensive ranks, we have given up a lot of pass yards. Uh, We are, you know, middle. And that's the thing. You look at our overall ranks for our entire defense, the worst ranking we have is 14th in pass yards allowed. That is still top half of the league. 16 is the average or the mean. We're above that. Um, Second most interceptions in the league, and we have allowed the eighth fewest rush yards. We've only allowed one rushing touchdown. And, man, just so much good (laughs) numbers across the screen. Our defense has allowed three total touchdowns, and all have been by passing. Everything has been a passing touchdown that we have allowed. Zero rushing touchdowns. If you would have said that to us three years ago, then you know we allowed the most rushing rushing touchdowns in the league three years ago, and so hopefully that continues. You know we do have a very strong game against the Steelers. I understand all the Big Ben talk and whatever else. Steelers have a lot of depth, and our next episode, not today, but uh, the next episode that we will have out either Friday or Saturday is going to be a complete breakdown of the Steelers. I've still got a lot of film to watch. I'll go over my draft profile that I did on Mason Rudolph. I watched a lot of football of him whenever he was in college at Oklahoma State. Um, So we got a lot of stuff to do, but I haven't broken down all of the Steelers film yet, and I don't want to talk about that game too much until I've done so. Real quick, John Chapman, do you think drafting a safety in the third round is a good idea? Are there options in the draft and or free agency? I don't want to get a lot into draft talk now, but if we're, again, if we're talking about major needs for this team, again, we do not have a second round pick. We traded that to get D Ford. So, you know, if we're just looking at a first round pick and a third round pick, in my opinion, you know, this is going to be middle to later part of the round. 
Uh, if we're picking in the top 15, then I'm going to be pretty upset. I, I really do think it's going to be a 20 to 26 pick somewhere around there. But uh, offensive tackle has to be the number one need. We are about to experience what life without Joe Staley is like, even if it's for a short amount of time, only six weeks. I'm holding my breath here. You know, this is a major concern. So the number one need first round, it seems like you're agreeing with me here. It needs to be offensive line, whether that's interior, it should be tackle, but any position, the offensive line, I'd be great with. And then the second need safety's got to be pretty high up there. I love Tarvarius Moore. I want to see him back there. He's continued doing great things. Tart can't stay healthy, can't be consistent. Uh, that is a concern. Yes, he is young. Yes, he is flashy, but it's not where um, we need to be. So uh, next question, John, what do you think of Ramsey and Spoon at corners? Red as nickel is Sherm at free safety. Oh, wow. Uh, great question. Lots to unpack here. First off, uh, we are not getting Jalen Ramsey. The 49ers will not be getting Jalen Ramsey. Right now, the rumors that are uh, from some very reliable people that I trust that I'm not allowed to use their names uh, the rumors are two first-round picks for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to be getting Jalen Ramsey for two first-round picks. There's no way the 49ers would pay that. One, our corners have played amazing. A corner is much more valuable than safety, perhaps free safety a little bit. Sherm is not going to be a free safety. Uh, if Sherm's going to play anywhere, he does not have the speed. He is much more physical. He'd play in the box. But I want to keep uh, Spoon and Sherm at corners. We saw Richard Sherman this week run step for step with the fastest person in the NFL, or one of the fastest. I think Marquise Goodwin's the fastest person in the NFL. But um, John Ross, he was with them step by step. So uh, Sherm's looking as good as ever. I don't want to change that now I know you're talking long term here and you know coach Robert Sela he addressed Verrett in the nickel and basically he said it's it, it's not like we can't do it but he has never played in the nickel it's a completely different technique that he's never worked on with us and they just want to get him completely healthy he was a healthy scratch I put you know quotations around healthy they're just letting him heal there's no need to rush him back whenever our two outside corners are healthy and playing very very strong and this is another thing that you know we're going to talk about whenever we get into snap counts here in a second the way our defense works if you're a starting secondary member you play the entire damn game you don't come out especially at corners. Uh, you know, if you look at what we do there, you play the entire thing. Now, if it's a blowout like it was this week, then we're going to let some guys get some work in. But uh, I think Verrett is just going to be a backup outside corner, and nickel is an issue. You know, Kawan Williams got picked on, probably had his worst game as a pro, at least with the 49ers. Uh, we've got to see something there. Uh, we got some work. I'm just going to be really, really honest with you. All right. Now let's jump over, and again, if you have a question, please leave that over there. Um, let's talk about the starters. So the starters were relatively the exact same as we saw last week up front. We had Eric Armstead, D. Ford, DJ Jones, and DeForest Buckner were inside. Now, D. Ford did go out pretty early in the game. His knee was acting up, and whenever the game's not competitive like it was, or at least you have a huge lead, or if you have huge depth at that position, there's no need to push guys and cause problems. One of my things, favorite things about this coaching staff is just how preventative they are with all issues. Um, 
according to the body. If there's an issue, you're sitting out until you're healthy. And if you're not healthy, then we're not going to play you. So I do love that. Don't push that. It's just it's bad for the players. You know, this is their livelihood too. You, you always want to focus on winning the game for sure. And we want guys that are going to play through pain, guys like Joe Staley. But at the same time, you don't want to mess up a career. You look at, you know, whether that's Andrew Luck or, you know, whomever else out there. You don't want to push that. So uh, something to pay attention to. Now, the linebackers were Fred Warner and Quan Alexander. We did not do a lot of 4-3. It was a true nickel 4-2-5 with only two backers out there predominantly. And those two guys didn't come off the field. You know, in week one, we did a little bit more 4-3 going against the Bucks because they like to use two tight ends. We didn't see a whole lot of that. Now, uh, Mark Nazocha had a hell of a game week one. You know, you could, I even made the claim that he could be the defensive MVP, but here's the issue. He got all that playing time because we were doing a little bit more of a traditional set on defense, and Quan Alexander was kicked out. Well, he was relegated to just one snap, one defensive snap the entire game. That's all he got. Dre Greenlaw, 20 snaps. Aziz, 15. And those were all in trash time um, after we pulled our starters and we were up by 24. So that's something to pay attention to. I do believe that our personnel packages are a little bit more flexible than most teams. Um, Now, uh, secondary-wise, Sherman... And Witherspoon were outside pretty much the entire game. Our two safeties, Tart and Moore. Uh, Tarverius Moore played every single snap of the game. Even when we put the backups in, it didn't matter. He was still out there the whole time. And then the slot uh, corner kind of rotated a little bit between Mosley and Quan Williams. Neither one of them played very well. Uh, it was really a lot of up and down. Uh, it really could have been a lot better. Uh, really could have been a lot better. Real quick, uh, R49Y, what's wrong with Dante Pettis? Yeah, fantasy standpoint, um, you know, targets, reception standpoint, you got to be concerned. But again, if you listen to the last episode, I'll, I'll tell you this. And I'm a Dante Pettis truther, so you have to take this information uh, with a great assault because I, I love Dante Pettis. I really think it's going to work out eventually. Do I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver on this team again? Probably not. But um, I, I do think that he does have a major future here for sure. And it, here's the thing. Dante Pettis led the entire wide receiver core and snaps he got more snaps than anybody now <laughs> they're not targeting the ball to him but I do expect that to change you know I haven't got through all of my predictions just yet going into this week but if I had to guess right now um, I would go ahead and predict for Dante Pettis to get at least two catches and you guys hold me accountable if I miss on that um, you guys just let me know and you tell me <laughs> tell me uh, you were way wrong call me out that's fine with me so, all right, let's get into the top five and bottom five players according to Pro Football Focus. Again, this isn't gospel, but it does give us a good snapshot into who balled out and who did not. Right off the bat, the top guy, Quan Alexander, holy freaking cow. He was unbelievable, okay? <laughs> not only just his tackling and run stops were uh, amazing. You know, he had four tackles, one assist, three solo stops. But what he did in the passing game is just bonkers, okay? He was targeted six times. He allowed three catches, so that's a 56 or 50% completion percentage. But all three other passes, he got his hands on. Two pass breakups and an interception, just absolutely insane. And if you listened to my breakdown on you know my preview and scouting report and all those things, I said, 
one of the goals of this offense is going to be to pair up their slot-wide receivers with our linebackers, and they achieve this based off of formation. Quan Alexander, he, he shut that shit down. Uh, it was absolutely unbelievable. Now, the other side of the coin, Fred Warner, not so much. Fred Warner had an amazing game versus the run, but he was picked on like crazy in the passing game. We'll talk about that, targets and all that stuff here in a second. Ronald Blair, uh, 35 snaps, but he was so impactful in this time. And and here's the thing, Ronald Blair has just been unbelievable in spot duty. He, you know, he goes out there, he gets three pressures, one sack, two additional hurries on top of that, plus four solo stops. And this is a guy that is our backup defensive end slash interior guy. He just continues to make plays. Absolutely just unbelievable what this guy can do. DeForest Buckner, after having one bad week in his entire career, bounces back as the third highest rated player with an 85.4 grade. He gets five total pressures, leads the team just and he was getting double teamed again. This is what he's going to have to fight through on a regular basis just because he's so good. Uh, it, it's what it's going to be. And because he is so good and he gets that double team, that's going to give us the one-on-one on the outsides that we love. Uh, one sack, one additional QB hit, three hurries. He didn't get too involved in the run game as far as the stat sheet goes. One solo stop and no additional tackles. But I mean, he was able to get up there for sure. Richard Sherman, 80.3 grade. Played absolutely wonderful. Now, the one thing that was kind of weird um, about Richard Sherman was he was targeted four times and allowed four catches on the one play where he ran stride for stride with um, John Ross. There was a penalty, so that play was negated. It didn't show up in the stat sheet. But the four catches he allowed only gave up 15 yards. So 3.8 yards per reception. you got to live with that. Um, Just the guy could play. And, you know, you call him Uncle Sherm, you call him whatever the hell you want. It doesn't matter. The dude is a baller, and he is a starting corner in the NFL. You know, based off of just the top of my head, I would say we have two of the top 20 corners in the NFL. Now, I would put both of our corners kind of lower to that, you know, kind of 12 to 20 range. But... the guy that I would rank ahead of Sherman right now, you have to say Witherspoon, is playing hellacious football. Um, he comes in number six with a 72 grade. And just to kind of keep that into perspective, he was targeted six times. He gave up one catch. One catch, and he had that break, uh, the pass breakup that should have been a pick six. And then he kicked the ball. He got so frustrated. That's going to knock his grade a little bit. Pro football focus docks players a lot whenever they have penalties. Um, so that's huge there. The fifth player who I skipped over, Eric Armstead, 77.9. Man, it was such a short time ago that everybody wanted Armstead cut. This guy continues. You can't keep him off the field because he just does so much so well. Three solo stops, two additional tackles, two pressures, one sack, one quarterback hurry. The guy is just balling out every which way. Um, And it's one of those things that allows us, you know, if D4 is going to be out, we're okay. We are okay. It's going to be just fine. Couple questions I want to get to um, as, you know, before we jump to the bottom, guys, and we get on the negative over here. Um, John, do you believe Justin School will be solid enough until Staley returns? Solid enough is a difficult question. The difference is our offense is going to have to adjust. We will have a tight end, a fullback, or a slide block where... Let let me break it down a little bit better. Sorry. 
we're going to have somebody helping him on every single uh, majority of plays. You don't have to worry about him in the run game. He can hold his own. So it's going to be very telling what the offensive play is just based on somebody that watches 49ers plays all the time. If he's not getting help, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a run play or play action uh, almost all the time. Now, if there's somebody not lined up over there with them, like a tight end or a fullback or something like that, what's going to be interesting to see is after the snap, if the tailback immediately goes to the offense's left side, if we have Kittle who's lined up on the right slot, does a slide protection where he comes across and picks up on the left side, it's going to be interesting. The only time that he will be alone out there in pass protection is if it's a quick release. Um, So... You know, luckily for us, we have an offensive uh, genius um, calling plays out there. And if you didn't already check it out on YouTube, I broke down a lot of film and kind of put my words on top of it and what I was looking for. So you guys have been asking a lot for those. It does take a lot of time, but I want to give you what you want. So if you haven't checked that out on YouTube already, it's just the offensive film breakdown. Head over to uh, just John Chapman is the name of the channel, and you're going to see that over there. And you'll be able to see some of the ways that. Kyle Shanahan took advantage of the Cincinnati Bengals in every way. Um, so anyway, now, uh, before we jump into the bottom players, I got to take a second to thank our sponsor, MyBookie.ag. Absolutely love these guys, and I got another bet for you today. Um, here's the deal. These guys are unbelievable. I do all of my betting with them, and I have been for years. As a big reason why I allow them on the show is because I trust them. Uh, there's a lot of betting sites out there you can't say that for, but MyBookie is not one of those. So if you head over there to MyBookie.ag, use promo code 49ers49ERS, they're going to double your initial deposit. Now, if you already have an account, that's great too because here's the deal. You bet. You win, you get paid. So easy to get money in, so easy to get money out. No issues. It's hassle-free betting. And here's the deal. You know, I was waiting to talk about this one um, because I wasn't sure what route the Saints were going to go. But here's the deal. There is a bet right now on my bookie under NFL specials that has Mason Rudolph. The bet is this. Over or under six and a half wins as a starter. There's also another one over there with Teddy Bridgewater, the exact same bet. So I 100% took the under on both of these. And anytime I talk about a bet on here, understand this. I put my own hard-earned money down on this as well. It doesn't mean that if it loses, you come crying to me. I am just allowing you to know what I am betting. We are 4-0 and so far since the season has started through two weeks. These are a little bit longer season bets, so it's going to take a while to get paid off. But Mason Rudolph... I. There's, there are already two games done, so we're down to 14 games. So he's going to have to go at least 7-7 seven seven as a starter uh, throughout this thing, and I don't think that he's going to. That is a tough division. He's got a tough road schedule as well. Don't think that's going to be the ha- uh, happening. I really, really don't. Now, the Teddy Bridgewater one's even worse because here's the deal. He might not even start that many games. If he struggles like he did last week, which I don't think that he will, I think he's going to be able to catch on, um, Taysom Hill might start some of those games. So uh, both of those bets I put some money down on. So head over there to mybookie.ag. Again, use promo code 49ers. They will double your initial deposit. Um, I love talking betting strategy, and if you're into daily fantasy football, um, again, I do own uh, part owner at Eat Sleep Fantasy. We have our own betting podcast over there that I helped produce and put out. So lots of content available for you guys. Uh, check that out. Always message me if you have any questions. I, I'm here for you guys. So 
let's jump back into it. Here we go. Um, the bottom five players. Ooh, man, I, I even hate saying it like that, but it, it's what it is. These guys had the worst games for sure. Now, uh, Solomon Thomas, these aren't my numbers. These are pro football focus numbers. 52.7. He got 33 snaps. A lot of that was because of garbage time. But, yeah, I, I think it's official, guys. I, I think we can call it on this one. Solomon Thomas is a bust uh, for sure. I, I it's over. It's got to be over, right? It may be a role player at best with us, but we need to trade this guy and move on. But again, who's going to want him? Uh, we've proven he can't play outside, and we don't want to play him inside. So take that for what you want. Second worst, uh, DJ Jones. He came in with the 53.2. Uh, he had a relatively good game, just not an impactful. He did have one pressure, but that was about it. Nick Bosa came in third, 53.2. He had a penalty, four pressures, but a few of those he could have cleaned up and an additional missed tackle. So uh, lots of almost there with Nick Bosa, but you don't really have to be too concerned because he did live in the back field whenever it mattered um don't worry about that one that one's going to be just fine um fourth place was tarvarius moore 53.9 now his tackling went up which was wonderful but he just didn't really make a lot of plays and he made a couple bad reads as well luckily we didn't get burned on him but pro football focus will grade you if you are way off your man even if they don't throw it to him so uh, not a bad game but we did do a lot more traditional cover three um, with our safeties this week where he was the single high safety. You know, if you go back to the offseason, they were talking about how we're adjusting it to a you know, two-safety look. We didn't do that. Uh, not not in week two. We did in week one. Week two was predominantly the older defense that we saw last year. And then Fred Warner. Fred Warner, uh, every week, amazing run defender. Absolutely amazing run defender. But he just cannot get much help in the passing game. He allows four catches on four targets for 37 yards. And if we look at what he did last week, and here, this is the thing. Just last week and this week combined, he has allowed 13 catches on 16 targets for an 81% completion percentage. This is problematic, and I, I love Fred Warner. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, he's captain of the defense, but teams are starting to scheme to make sure to get a slot guy on him. Uh, great versus the run, unbelievable versus the run, but this is something that he has to correct at some point because teams are specifically scheming. I, I said, you know, if they can get Tyler Boyd on a linebacker, that's going to be a win for them, and they totally destroyed us on that because here's the deal. If I look at, you know, coverage and receiving whatever, Tyler Boyd was matched up with Quan Alexander zero times. <laughs> they went out of their way to make sure that he wasn't on there. Now, Fred Warner, they matched him up there, did not go as well. Three for three on all third downs. Two of those went for first downs. So they were kind of keeping this in their pocket, which is interesting to say the least. But there, there's just got to be some more there. Uh, real quick question. Do you believe D. Ford will play versus Steelers? I would say yes. I'd say 75% likely that he will play. Again, that's just my own personal opinion. But the thing that we need to see is, is he a limited participant on Friday? He's not going to be a full practice, even though it's probably just going to be a walkthrough anyway. If he's limited on Friday, he will play. If he is out Friday, I'm changing those percentages down to 25%. I hate that the NFL got rid of the doubtful tag now it's just questionable or not that's it um 
you know, used to probable meant 75%, questionable 50, doubtful 25, then out zero, right? Now it's just 50% or zero. So a lot of that, that's a New England rule because Bill Belichick would uh, always do what he does. Um, but whatever. So here we go. Just a couple things. Oh, another question real quick. Will Pittsburgh be calling us about Beathard? Uh, they probably should. He fits their system much better than Nick Mullins does. He's a strong-arm quarterback that likes to push it downfield and is tough, doesn't mind taking hits. But I think they're going to wait and see what they have. Uh, I don't think that they need to enact uh, anything now. And, of course, we're not going to trade our quarterback, uh, backup quarterback to somebody that week we play them. So that's not going to be a thing to do. Um, now, uh couple more things just before I move on, and I just want to say thank you again. You guys, this has been a lot of fun, and I've really enjoyed the 49ers Rush podcast. We've been doing this three years now, and I am getting excited to take it to the next level, uh, but I need y'all's help. Okay, I, I'm moving forward and hiring uh, and a marketing firm and all kinds of stuff to set up a website. So we are going to continue adding on to what the 49ers Rush podcast is about. Um, I want to be available on all platforms. But if there's something, an idea out there that you wish somebody did for the 49ers that is not out there, email me. Message me on Twitter, 49ersRushPodcast at gmail.com. Um, Twitter, at JL underscore Chapman. That is there as well. But uh, please let me know because I want to make sure I give you guys exactly what you want. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for us on the defensive breakdown. I will be back in the next day or two. Depends on how much time I get fi uh, film in the next day on the Steelers. And I will be back with you guys shortly. But till then, make sure you check me out on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. And I will be talking Talking to you guys soon. Stay strong, faithful. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.